0: Ready to experience a fresh encounter with God? I'm Lisa Williams, founder of More to Be, and host of this podcast. And I believe that when we study God's Word, we'll experience a fresh encounter with God and uncover how to align our lives with His best—a life in which we become more and more like Jesus. That is our mission at More to Be, and that is why we host the Encounter God Bible Study, where we are studying the names and the attributes of God. For an entire year, 52 different names and attributes of God. We are so grateful that you are joining us in this study because we are here to help you learn how to think biblically and live transformed so that you can become more like Jesus and impact this world with kingdom Hope. This episode is sponsored by a More to Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities. We are so grateful for our sisters from around the world that make this episode and this podcast possible. Let's jump into our Encounter God Bible study. Savior. When you hear the word Savior, is the first thing that comes to your mind Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Or do you secretly think that you might actually be the Savior? that you're the one that God has ordained to rescue the people around you. This has been something I've been thinking about a lot in the last couple of weeks as I've been watching people that I love and people that I know play the role of savior and also my tendency to move into that position. You know, I think it's kind of natural as moms, as women, to feel like we're appointed to be the savior of this world because we have been tasked with the responsibility to care for other people and to take care of our homes or to take care of our work responsibilities. But there is one savior and today's Bible study, we are going to look at who the savior is in a unique context. So if you're joining me for the first time, my name is Lisa Pulliam and I am the founder of more to be and we are studying the Encounter God Bible study this year, 2020. we look at the character and the attributes, the names of God, one a week uh, throughout 2020. So we are in week 25 and we are studying the Savior this week. And it's interesting timing uh, in in history. It has been pretty much a disaster for 2020 for most people. We've endured the coronavirus epidemic. We have endured racial tension and violence at a a all-time high. If you have the opportunity to listen to the podcast that I recorded with Barb Bruce, I highly recommend you listen to that because as we consider who the Savior is and the role that we're supposed to play in this world, this passage on love that we are going to look at this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're you're listening to this in the evening, uh, this this is just it's relevant. It's relevant to where we are today and to what we are experiencing. So I find it interesting when I picked these verses at the beginning of 2020 that I chose this passage linked to the word Savior. But I think it's because it is, like I always say, one of my favorite passages. So I'm in uh, 1 John chapter 4, and the key verse, uh, the key word is found in verse 14. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. And I just, I love that, that description that he is the world's savior. He is over the entire world and he was appointed to that role, which none of us have been appointed to. And it's so hard to get to that place of letting go of control. So I just want to kind of go on a tangent here for a second and give you guys a little story. Uh, I was sharing this with my husband last night. I, um, I have a propensity to want to control things as most of us do right and the reason we want to control is because we want to resolve the tension that we feel within ourselves we want to reduce the anxiety and actually when it comes to this issue of anxiety which I know so many of you struggle with it's marked my own family uh, that that anxiety is simply presents as a effort to control that tension that is felt within. And so you will often find, uh, as as we did in our family, when my daughter began presenting with symptoms of anxiety that were understandable, um, it actually started with uh, food and uh, a onset of what had appeared to be an eating disorder during her second year of college. Well, it wasn't an eating disorder. It didn't manifest into that for her because It was brought to our attention quickly enough, and we were able to get her the proper help. But it was her way of trying to deal with her anxiety was controlling food. And that is a common way. But we can also have anxiety and try to control how our houses look. We can try to control our own weight. We can try to control other people's behavior. As I look back on my parenting that is a thread that I see that oftentimes I parented from a place of wanting to control my children's behavior because their behavior was agitating me or making me feel anxious. And it wasn't that they were necessarily putting them in har- themselves in harm's way, but that they were doing something that I thought might reflect badly upon me. And so I needed to make sure that they would, you know, learn how to use the potty, that they would learn how to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, that they would learn how to have good grades, that they would do all these things that would attribute to checkbox Lisa's a great mom. And not that any of those things in and of themselves are wrong. But I wonder, looking back, how many times I parented out of a place of anxiety because I felt like I needed to control what was going on externally and internally. And at the end of the day, really I was making my savior small instead of big. And I was making myself the one responsible for everyone and everything else, rather than trusting that the savior of the world that we meet in this passage is over everything and everyone. And I, you know, I don't want to over spiritualize this, nor do I want to minimize the real life struggle with anxiety and the need to get help. And I do, I mean, a hundred percent advocate for getting help. We have to learn how to regulate our bodies and. Figure out where we're holding that tension and understand how to release that tension and become more aware of our sensations and our senses that that are operating in our diacephalon in our brain. And we have to understand our emotions and what's going on in our limbic system. And we need to engage our cognitive reasoning, the neocortex, and what's going on in our thought life. And all of that we have to do because God has made our heart, mind, soul, and body to function together as one And we get to steward our body by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. So it's an entire package, I see. But coming, you know, kind of where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is if we struggle to yield our lives fully to the Savior of the world, and we are presently functioning in a way that we become the Savior of our children, our spouse, our family members, our friends, every person in crisis, We've got to take a holy pause and ask the question, why is it because we think God is small or is it because there's an anxiety in us, a tension in us that we're trying to relieve and we don't know how to give that to God. Is it because we need to get some help for, for issues that are unresolved in us for whatever the reason may be so that we can live at peace that the savior of the world has, has got this. And as I, read this passage from 1 John 4. The relevancy of understanding this is so significant because it impacts our relationships. The way we engage with one another and the desire to be love, which as believers we often talk about being like Jesus, being love, begins with putting Jesus a, a, acknowledging Jesus in his rightful place as the, on the throne as the king of kings and lord of lords as our messiah our savior our victor our friend and if we can't allow him to exist there in our lives then then we can't be the love he has called us to be in this world there's going to be hang ups so so listen to this passage with me and really soak it in so picking up at verse seven on first John chapter four, and I'm reading from the CSB translation, dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Praise the Lord, right? The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Let's just take that in. God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. Just think about that for a second. God's love was revealed among us in this way. Does that mean that we really didn't know what love was before God revealed his love? God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins, universal, right? Every one of us, sinful wretch, right? And I I am the worst of them, right? Dear friends, if God loved in this way, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God, God's love remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and we testify that the father has sent his son as the world's savior. And whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. I'm going to keep going. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. Can you picture it? God love us, us love God. Like it's just this whole thing in this love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. And here it is. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. And what I mean by here it is behind anxiety, behind the controlling, behind the worry is fear. It's fear of what other people will think, what other people will say, what other people will do. It is fear of harm. It is fear of judgment. It is fear of, of rejection and betrayal, right? Whether you're uh, fearing that for yourself or fearing that for the one that you love, who you are trying to control, fear hangs out there. But perfect love casts out fear. God's love for us covers that situation. And we can say, you know what, I don't have to control you. I don't have to control this situation. I don't have to resolve this tension by making you do what I need you to do. I can let you struggle. I can let you find the answer for yourself, which is what we teach in coaching all the time. I can let you pursue God and figure it out. And yes, can I speak wisdom? Absolutely. Can I offer my my thoughts, my advice? Sure, with permission. Can I pray for you? A hundred percent. Can I stand with you in this pain? Always. Well, maybe always. (laughs) Maybe healthy boundaries would say not always. But can I do this with you? Yes, I can without having to control you in order to reduce the tension that I feel inside of me. I'm going to keep on reading here. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. And that's the full circle back to where we are with racial tensions in our, our country, in our world. It's where we are with a divide over how to handle re-entry after the coronavirus. It is what is happening in our marriages and in our families under months of quarantine together and the tensions that that brings about. And let me say this, if you're in a relationship where somebody says they love you and you live in fear of them, there's a problem there and you ought to seek out help. You should speak with a a professional therapist. Christian would be ideal, but even if you can't find a Christian therapist, speak with somebody who can help you navigate that road forward and, and offer you the help that God has ordained for you to be in a relationship marked by love, not by fear. God loves you, my friend. He sent his son into this world as our savior, and we can cling to him now and forevermore. I pray that that is your encouragement as we study God's word this week, that you would continue to join me in the study of God's word at More To Be, where we are passionate about helping you think biblically and live transformed so that you can impact this world with kingdom hope and align your life with God's best. You can find all the Encounter God Bible study teaching videos and resources at academymore If you're not sure about the next step you should take to align your life with God's best, head over to more 2 align to take our quiz and find out. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.